You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, I think it's best just to just jump right into a review that we have on iTunes, Miss Shannon. Do it, do it. it I want to hear it. This show is great. They talk about sex and everything that leads up to it or affects it. Every time I listen to it, I come away with something new and worth discussing with my wife. And now that my wife is listening too, yep, it works. Oh, that's the ideal scenario right there. <laughs> that is. I mean, how many times do we hear from people saying, oh man, I wish my spouse would listen to it, or how do I get them to listen to it, or I'm going to give this to them as a subtle nudge, you know, hey. <laughs> or a brick over the head, either well, one. <laughs> sometimes you have to just be really blatant, but... Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, and so the fact that you are listening, I want to say thank you for taking some time out of your day, wherever you are, and however you join us. I'm just grateful that you do. So, we have new shows every week, and we have straightforward, frank conversations about married life and sex and the ins and outs and the ups and downs and the out of the bedrooms and the in the bedrooms and everything i'm trying to get as many puns into that one as you can as i was I can. gonna say your little if ins you, and outs comments are, you, you, you can can't miss see, the pun in see that. where i'm going with that one uh, <laughs> and i want to and i want to make sure that people know that we often choose our topic for the show based on their emails so exactly. if we haven't covered something or if we haven't covered it as sufficiently as you'd like to see it covered or hear it covered let us know. Yep. Send it to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. That's how you can let us know. You can also jump on iTunes, like I talked about before, and give us any kind of a comment, review, criticism. It does not matter. We're open to it all. And we just love hearing from our listeners because I really, truly believe Sexy Marriage Radio listeners are the sexiest listeners out there. So, Of I, course. Absolutely. So... Does that make us the sexiest radio hosts out there? That's kind of the uh, unspoken truth. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just hope that Pam and Greg think so. That's That's all that matters, right? Well, uh, Pam, I don't care if Greg thinks I'm sexy. (laughs) I'll just be straightforward with that. So, (laughs) All right, duly noted. So here we go, Shannon. I've got something that um, I wouldn't even let you know off air. Where yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Where this goes, because this is something, you know, Sexy Marriage Radio has been around for a while, so I'm going to kind of set the stage for this, okay. this this conversation, and kind of go off script a little bit, because what we what we talk about is just the, as if we ever have a the script, Corey that's, Allen. That's true. Do not give people that's the impression true. that we ever have a script. So the <laughs> the struggles that we have in and out of married life in the bedroom is. You know, far and wide, as far as there's lots of lots of struggle and lots of mm-hmm. pain, lots of frustration when you when you're lots talking of, about lots of power plays, right? And all that, yeah, yeah. When you're talking about our sexuality, um, one of the things that I loved when one of the phrases Gina had in the early days of Sexy Marriage Radio was she talked about that if you could heal the sexual wounds of God's people, you could heal God's people. Wow, and that's that, a great that, that, statement. That sounds. That sounds like a, a lot like uh, one of my favorite sayings uh, from Richard Rohr. He says, if you take away people's capacity for pleasure, you take away their capacity for God. Okay. So it's kind of like the flip side of that coin. Exactly. With pain and pleasure. Okay. So but that, God's, in, God's in them both. God's exactly. in both our pain and pleasure. And, and so here's, here's where this is just a little different. If you're, if you're a regular of Sexy Marriage Radio, 
you know that uh, first and foremost, we want married life sex to be absolutely great. But the other time of it is for both Shannon and I, we are both believers in God. We are both Christians, and and it works for us as people. Mm-hmm. We try mm-hmm. not to come across preaching in this. We try not to come across this is the only way. I'm the proponent of just health and and experiencing what we can. Mm-hmm. So my question is, because this is going to be a little more on the Christian concept world and the spirituality world, and so I'm not going to apologize for my beliefs. They are what they are. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, how often, even as Christians, do we deify sex? Ew. I mean, and our sexuality. I mean, that's this is something the church that I attend here in, in Dallas is going through a series right now on sexuality. And the very first week was on how we've made sex a deity. And so it's basically idolatry. And I started wrestling with that going, wow, there is a lot of truth there. And immediately, <laughs> I, my, my immediate thought is, well, yeah, I can see with all the pornography and all the different things that are sin and, and, and struggle, yeah, that's definitely deity. But then I started thinking, wait, the role it plays in my life, is it a is it an idol or is it something that points me to God or is it something that helps define me? Or, I mean, so it's just, I want your thoughts because this is, this is the world you live in as well. This, sure. This is something you've struggled Especially with. Especially when our whole ministries and counseling and coaching practices yep. revolve exactly. around sex. Exactly. I mean, this whole show is dedicated towards it. Yeah. Yeah. So now when you told me we were going to have a wrestling match, you know, I had images of like Jello or um, I was concerned that I might have to, you know, put on some kind of caped costume or something. Of course you would but, go there, Shannon. <laughs> but this is deep. I mean, this is like deep wrestling. Yes. I'm, I'm going to have to really put on my thinking cap well, to dive I, into this wrestling I, match I apologize with you. then, I guess, if, if you no, weren't wanting no, no, to no. think I, today. No, no, no. I like a good challenge. Okay. I, I, you, you know me. I'm like a dog with a bone. Just put me in the middle of the living room floor and just let me gnaw on it for a while. There you Arr. go. And that's and see, I've got a head start on you because I've I've been doing that. You know, I'm I'm springing this to you on the air, and and this is something I've been wrestling with for a week. And Pam and I've had some conversations about, and even unpacked some in our life group at church. And you know, and I don't know if I've come to an answer or a conclusion. I have a little bit of one now, but I want your I want your intake input just to help me wrestle with it because I think I think it helps frame for even our listeners what role does it play in our life you know what yeah. what what do we do with it how do we how do we do this while is we're it here an on important Earth? role and as it is it important that it be an important role right uh, but I want to hear your thoughts like tell me what you have been wrestling with between your own ears since you heard this sermon. Well, the immediate reaction was absolutely. I, I agree. The, the the society and the culture of America has has definitely made sex bigger than it is. You know, because that's the whole concept of sex sells. You know, so we just sexualize everything, which then gets into this whole. Well, is it is it the whole point? of marriage? Is it the whole point of life? Is it, is it just designed so that I just get pleasure out of it? Then I started bringing it to my own home of, okay, the role it plays in my life. And the way I thought of it, and I don't, this is just kind of the roundabout way I went, is if I were to propose to Pam or she were to propose to me, hey, let's see if sex really is 
that big of a deal or that big of a, a, an idol or a god to me. And the way to test that out is would I be willing to go a year without it? Whoa, I thought you were going to say like a week. No, no. A year? It, what's a week teach you? I mean, everybody has a little bit of self-control. <laughs> so wow so but wow. It, you know so now, the, now i know the couple who did the experiment where they had sex every night for a year right would you really be willing to do that i don't know that <laughs> and, test and I so mean, what does that mean to me if i if i wouldn't be willing to put it down does that mean it's a god that's my wrestling now see i want to give you a flip side from where i'm standing that's like, fine because then i have more to it i have more to this as we go okay. so that's 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 go where ahead. that's where i've started going and then I'll, I'll i'll fill you in with where i am now okay you want to fill me in now or no, you want me to, I want the to flip, tell you what I want, my knee-jerk give, reaction yeah give me the give me the flip is. side okay well i realize that there are lots of people on the planet um myself included at a certain time in my life like you know when i was a raging sex and love addict as a teenage girl that yes, you deify sex and you mistake it. You almost worship it like it's the creator rather than the creation. Right. And and you focus on it way too much rather than just looking for the creator's guidelines on what is sex intended to be. Right. What is it? What is it intended to represent? What what role is it supposed to play in my life according to the creator who crafted me and who crafted my sexuality? Right. But the flip side is. Granted, people can over-spiritualize it to the point that it becomes idolatry, but with most of the clients that I have worked with, I would say that many don't spiritualize it enough. Okay. That they they look at it as just an awkward entangling of arms and legs and why do we have to do that? There's so many other more important things that we need to be doing like spending time with the kids and taking care of our parents and mowing the grass and, and like they just reduce it to simply an act. Mm -hmm. And they miss the fact that, that we enter into one another in a primordial delight that is designed by God to bond a husband and a wife together in a way that you just don't feel that bond with any other person on the planet. Right. And that's a good thing. We need that. It creates so, so what I'm saying is the creation is really, really good as long as we keep it in its proper context that it's not the creator itself. I mean, yeah, it does create babies as far as the logistics are concerned with the whole sperm and egg thing, but it's the creator himself has the plan for our fulfillment and our lives may not always necessarily include sexual intimacy. For example, if we're widowed or if we're single or whatever. But I think as long as we're married, why would you turn down that opportunity for closeness and intimacy and connection and healing and yes, pleasure and, and yes, I mean, it does give you a sense of power. Uh, the, I think that these are all intended for us to enjoy. It would, it, but then I kind of have that same mindset when people say, oh, I'm fasting from food for 40 days. I'm just kind of like, why? You know, like, do you think that that's the only way that you can really get closer to God is to completely deny your flesh? And granted, it's a good thing to do at times. Right. I've never been able to go more than three days on that one. Right. Sex, I might could go longer than three days, but I don't know if I would choose to go for a year because sure. here's the thing. My husband's 51. I'm 46. Our days are numbered already as far as, <laughs> I mean, I know that we have decades to go still. Right. 
I don't know if I would want to lose a year of physical intimacy because of what it does in our marriage, because of how it makes us feel, because of how it draws us closer to God. Right. Right. So I'll put it back in your court. Okay. She want it with me some more. No, and that's good because where where I have come to today is that I, I believe this goes we have to go further back or deeper down than just sex and our sexuality. Well, we can't go just our sexuality because our sexuality is what makes us quintessentially unique. And I think that's part of our design and it's a part of an intentionality. Because if you look at the Garden of Eden, the fall of man happened because Adam didn't use his power as he was designed to help protect his wife, who was being deceived and tricked. So he should have spoke up, not that she was, it's her fault, it's his, is my book. Because I think he was designed for that power. I, I actually heard a sermon on that recently and would have to agree with you there. It wasn't that Eve was mesmerized by the fruit. It was obviously mesmerizing. It was that Adam passively... Yep allowed her to reel him into it he kept his he kept his mouth shut when he should have spoke up and said wait this is not on path with what we were created and intended to do right he should have been the leader and corrected her course right so um it's part of who we are and so if you carry that forward um this is where we're going to bring in a little more in my mind i bring in a little more secular world which is uh some of victor frankel's work you know, because at the beginning, he, he was a student of Freud, if mm-hmm. you're not familiar. This is the author of Man's Search for Meaning? Yes, who mm-hmm. he was the one that uh, was a psycho- psychiatrist that was trained by Freud. And Freud's belief was the fundamental drive of humans were ple- was pleasure. Right. And then Frankel came along and said, no, I don't think that's right. I actually think the fundamental drive of humans is meaning. Yes. Is, is creating meaning out of things. Significance, yes. Right. And then the absence of meaning, people settle for pleasure. I would totally agree with that. I, I do too. I, and he, he created logotherapy. He was in concentration camps as a, as a prisoner, and he was put in charge of people. And if you think about it, it was, what's amazing is the people he was in charge of before he came into this hospital, after the war and everything, there was a real high suicide rate. And when he came and got in char- was put in charge of it, the suicide rate completely dropped to almost zero. Wow. And it was because that was he helped— That was effective therapy. Right, well, because he helped people make sense of their suffering because they were able to turn it into meaning so that you could look at suffering as a, as a meaning. It, it creates meaning for things. And so it's, just, it's learning how to rewrite your story, in essence. Yeah. That's what Donald yeah. Miller's done lately with some of his work, with and, some and of the stuff what, he's written. What I remember from reading his book is that he couldn't choose his surroundings or the people who had power over him or what they did to him, how they treated him, but he could choose his response. And that was the one thing that they could not, they could take away his clothes. They could take away his dignity. They could take away every possession that he had, but they could not take away his choice to respond in whatever way he chose to, right. that that was entirely his power. Right. It was. It's the same. I would reword that into they. They can't take away the meaning I attach to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, so so that's if if you kind of look at life through that lens, and then we bring into our the world our sex life. I think now where I rest where I've wrestled with it now is, I look back on the on the the great experiences I've had in my life with my with Pam that I think that uh, the best sex that we ever have here on earth, I think is God kind of saying, let me show you what I really am. 
let me show you what I really can do. Let me, it's like a, it's like a, it, it points us towards him. That it's that whole, because the best sex ever in my world is not, it's not just physical. It's a spiritual connection. It's a sure. bond. It's a deep thing that's designed for marriage and it's designed as because it resembles the exclusivity of the relationship that we have with him. Exactly. So my question would be, why would one choose to give that up for a year unless they really specifically sense that God was telling them? Right. And that's that's where I am now. So it's not to the point of, oh, yeah, let's we're on a, you know, we're we're done. Yeah, we're done for a year till 2015. But no, it's it's just this. This is just kind of my wandering that I've had of. Yeah. Well, I think the question would be, would God call someone to a year long sexual fast or six months or six weeks or whatever. And I do think, I mean, Paul mentions it in scripture that, you know, the husband and wife are to submit to one another sexually unless they mutually agree to separate themselves for a time of prayer. Right. You know, for, and so in other words, he was saying it it doesn't just need to be because there's tension or because one's tired of initiating and the other's tired of responding or whatever, that it should be a mutually agreed upon. We're pursuing God more avidly in the season and perhaps denying ourselves the sexual pleasure will cause us to really press into God out of the desperation that it will create. Because no doubt it will create some desperation. Right. And I think to a degree, once you reunite, wow, is that going to be a powerful tsunami type of sexual experience when you have all the sexual energy pent up and you finally unleash it on one another. But I just think that it would have to be something that God was really telling me specifically to do. Because I think that if I just said, hey, I think I'm going to do a little experiment myself and see what happens. I think I would fail miserably and I would be concerned what kind of dynamic I would create in my marriage relationship if my husband wasn't Totally on board in the exact same place as I was. Okay, you know, in that curiosity. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, but I, I would go on a deeper level, I think, because then it goes to the, this is just continuing my process of of wrestling with this, and it's not in Jello. Is um, <laughs> or with a, a caped costume? Exactly. <laughs> is now it calls into my being of how present am I during sex? You know, what am I doing with it? What's how, the meaning? How present, how present are you to Pam or how present are you to God? Both. Okay. Both. And how present am I in my own life? Because what, what what's kind of come to my mind is I hear from people that where one of them is the high desire and the low desire just goes through the motions with them. And it's very obvious that they're not present. Mm. And so my thought is, if you carry forward the idea of how we do life is how we do sex and how we do sex is how we do life, that the person that's just faking it and playing a role that's not fully in, into the role, they're just being, it's just an object, you know, it's a, it's a duty that they have to do, it's an obligation. Right. I'm going to be willing to bet a majority of their life there that way too. What they do is just obligation. Hmm. And so that's our path forward to creating better meaning. And therefore, then, creating better sex. Because now, all of a sudden, I'm more engaged in my own life. I'm more engaged in the lives of those I'm with. Because how often do we go through life yeah. and, and, and phases of it with just to-do lists, checklists of, oh, I got to get this done. Oh, I got to get this done. And, and we look back and go, what did I really do today? 
<laughs> you know, what, what was really meaningful? Yeah. What was really deep? And then we wonder why there's this longing and this void. Well, it could be because you're not engaged in your own life. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I, I definitely think that to slow down, press the pause button and examine what does sex really represent for me right. during this season of my life. I actually had one of my clients do that recently. I had her make a bullet point list of what all does sex represent for you in this season of your life. And it was very, very telling right. what she came up with, that there needed to be a big paradigm shift because there wasn't a whole lot of positive things on that list. Mm -hmm. And so obviously she felt like a door, a sexual doormat that he was wiping his feet on, that yep. she just was not fully engaged. She felt like it was her marital duty, not a marital delight. Yep. It was work. It was a chore. It was an expectation that she could never completely fulfill. And that nowhere on there was there passion, pleasure, euphoria, relaxation, uh, mutual submission, uh, the closeness connection, none of those things were anywhere on the list. So how much of that was in her other outside of, outside of the bedroom life? <laughs> Probably very little. Yeah. I mean, that's just it is I think of, and that's so, so that's what's so weird about how this whole journey for me has been an interesting thing. Cause I'm, it's coming at it from various angles. Cause even um, Mike Rowe, <laughs> the guy that does dirty jobs, yeah, <laughs> I've uh, seen that show. Yeah, well, he has a great post that was put on Facebook that is on, you know, the whole adage of just follow your passion. He he says it's the wrong advice. And it's like, oh, I'm hooked. So I read it, and it's the whole idea of too many people, what he's learned from, what he's learned from Dirty Jobs is we fall victim to this, well, I just need to figure out what my passion is and then go do that. But what he learned from Dirty Jobs is people figured out what jobs needed to be done, and they figured out how to bring their passion to it. Oh, I like that. It is. It's a great reframe because he's talking about and calling out Hollywood and some of the different ones because if you watch the Oscars, whoever wins, they tell the kids, and whatever you do, follow your dreams. Well, but what if your dreams aren't in line with what you really should be doing or are right. gifted to do? And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I know someone who followed their dreams to the tune of about a hundred thousand dollars worth of tuition at a special school yeah. and they didn't make cuts and now they have all the student loan debt. Yeah. So yeah, obviously that wasn't what she was supposed to do. I don't yeah. think that that was God's plan to put her knee deep in debt or eyeball deep in debt and have her feel like a failure. Yep. Yeah. So it comes down to how I live my life and the kind of passion I bring to it. So what has shifted to me in the last week is when I get a chance to do whatever it is that's laid out in front of me, I want to be fully into it. I want to be fully and completely who I am, my strength, my power, my passion, my love, my care, my generosity, all of that. I want that in every single moment. And that's what's kind of changed because now it's more of a meaning based thing so that the times where I do get sex with my wife it's very meaningful and it's and it's also me being very present so maybe it would be helpful for our listeners for you and I to create kind of two separate lists two separate categories of when do you know that you're spiritualizing sex in an unhealthy way and when do you know that you're spiritualizing sex in a healthy way okay 
Because I don't think that you can unspir- I mean, you can unspiritualize sex, but then you're just kind of a robot going out there and doing anything that moves. And that's obviously not God's plan for us. And right. even for people who don't subscribe to a, a Christian uh, paradigm like you and I do, I don't think that any of us really want to just become no better than a dog of just, you know, in heat, going to just do it with anybody that is willing to do it with us. So obviously right. it sex. We want some. We want sex to mean something. We want it right. to mean something deep. Right. So how can we know when we're spiritualizing it to the point that it is idolatry? We we okay. are thinking uh, too too highly of it, rather than thinking highly enough of the Creator to live it out according to His plan. Okay. So obviously, I, I believe that sex is intended for marriage. I I, I yep. That that's just my paradigm. Yep, so that's if mine as well. If you're engaging in sexual activity outside of a marriage relationship, I'd say that's a big red flag that you're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Yep. Okay. You got any other ideas? Yeah. What comes to my mind, and this will have to be unpacked and maybe you can help me, um, is it it boils down to, are you having sex out of fullness or are you having sex out of emptiness? Mm. Because where sex plays out the most it, for lots of people is it, it, it comes out of emptiness. It's out of anxiety. It helps me feel better about me. It helps calm my nerves. It helps me sleep. Indeed. It helps whatever. And it's truly just a biological thing. And do you think that that's what spouses pick up on? Yes. And they feel as if they're being used yes. to fill the emptiness and they resent it. Yes. And that's okay, where so, some spouse is listening to this right now and they're thinking, bam, yep. they just hit it on the head. Yep. I'm going to rewind this. And this is what I want my spouse to hear. I feel as if they're using me out of their emptiness, yep. not inviting me to experience their fullness. Right. And I think Excellent. that th- that's where this idea that we've talked about before on the low desire spouse is the one that controls the sex. And they're also the ones that have the most clear picture of what the type of sex really is because the low desire spouse knows the sex they're having probably isn't worth wanting. Yeah. So if it's out of emptiness, that's where you get into this. It's just horniness. It's just, I need to just saw one off. It's just, you know, it's, (laughs) it's that kind of stuff. And I think those play a role. Yes. But if that's the predominant role, no, then it's, then it's not. yeah, it's one thing to feel the freedom to approach your spouse and say, I'm feeling a little frisky. Can you help me out here? Right. But if that's all you're doing, right. then yeah, that that's not going to be very right. fun for but if, long. So sex out of fullness is where you find the idea of giving and you find the idea of pleasure and you find the idea of serving. But you also find the idea of being present and being served. I think there's a blend between them that sure. you know, there's still a little bit of selfishness to fullness <laughs> because we all have as a as a motto i guess of to go out and rule and subdue the world we live in you know to be a part of it to to be present and not just be wallflowers and so there's that's the process of developing that's the process of creating something great and sex creates that opportunity cuz nowhere else are you challenged to be more present but also more uncomfortable sometimes when you are really present. Yeah. And a third thing that comes to my mind is if one person is forcing their sexual agenda on the other one, that if there's any type of manipulation or coercion, that that's not intimacy. That's not what God intended. You're obviously worshiping it to a level above 
just cherishing and treasuring the the dignity of your spouse that if they don't feel comfortable with it honor that that's who they are don't walk all over that don't trample that but also okay but at the same time be honest about it yourself because that that's where i get into this whole lots of times it seems like especially as husbands if you're a nice guy and this is my path that i've been down in the past that my wife would look at me and say oh you're just doing that because you want sex and the nice guy would say, oh, no, I just do it because I love you, you know, which is a true statement, but it's also not the whole story because, yeah, I want sex. So it's part of just being honest and putting it out there that, you know, when your spouse, when you when you suggest something, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, I can't believe you want to do that. That's a that's a perverted thing to do. And you're like, yeah, I know. That's why I want to do it. You know, it's it's being honest with yourself knowing you may not get it because that's the world we live in right it's risk right we don't get everything we want in life and those that do are destined for a lot of pain when they realize that's what life is that you don't get what you want all the time and you have to learn how to deal with disappointment and frustration so i i just think of it's all of this marriage is designed to help us grow up that's my message and sex, there's no better place than in sex because where else do you have to learn in the moment and in the heat of things? How present am I? How connected am I with my partner? How much am I looking to serve? How much am I looking to honor and give? Right. Versus, it's, it's where you seek to give right. and receive more fully. And you know what? We are not going to be able to chew on this to the fullness that we want to in one show. So let's do a part two. Let's, let's do another show on how can we know that we are spiritualizing it in the right way okay. so that it creates the connection that we really want. Cause we're just not done yet. Well, I don't there, feel like we're done yet. Well, there you out. go. So if you've been hanging with us thus far and we've got you hooked, stay tuned to be continued. We'll <laughs> see you next week. Next week. Well, this has been sexy marriage radio where, Hey, thanks for hanging with us because this has been a different journey than we've normally gone. And so I'd love your thoughts. And I know Shannon would too. So send them to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com because you can help frame our conversations going forward because our our listeners are the best ones that are out Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. God bless you guys. Thank you very much for taking some time with us. And we will see you again next time.